Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is not the appropriate time to talk. We're not going to give out any interim bulletins. An appropriate time, everybody involved in the process will have something to say. And it'll be said. You leave here feeling better than you did when you came down. Well, my leg is bothering me. How's your brain? My brain is just fine. Just fine. Thanks, guys. Why couldn't Jerry answer that question? They immediately (laughs) hustled him out of there. That was, uh, that was interesting. Give me. <laughs> His people quickly squirreled him away. Kind of felt political, like stuff we've seen over this past year. James DeVoe is the managing digital editor for NBC Chicago. He's on Twitter at James DeVoe, and he is with us now on the SCORE hotline. Presented by Circa Resort and Casino. Circa Las Vegas.com, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670. The score. James, what's happening? You know, just the usual uh, politics and sports kind of meshing and people asking for billions of dollars. You know, pretty standard stuff in the grand scheme of things, I suppose. It's true. So we wanted to get your perspective on it because you're someone that is is big into digging into the details. Mm-hmm. What strikes you about this ask? from the White Sox and how you think the city and state might respond to it. I'm glad you mentioned the city and state response to it, because I think that ultimately that's kind of the big variable that's way different this time, right? Like when the White Sox last asked for a stadium, you had Jim Thompson literally pausing the clock in Springfield to make sure that that deal got across the finish line and the state really wanted to make that happen. When you had the Bears asking for public financing for their stadium project, you had a city council that was in lockstep behind Richard Daly and basically bulldozed every sort of conceivable roadblock to make that happen. This time around, you have a way different political climate because you have Governor J.B. Pritzker, a Democrat who's been very focused on fiscal responsibility and having a balanced budget. The last five budgets he's proposed have been balanced. You also have a city council that is certainly not in lockstep behind Mayor Brandon Johnson. And so it's going to be a lot harder to get 
any sort of legislation through there. And you would need both of those components in order to make this project work. And so I think the big thing that really stands out that's different this time from previous instances is the sheer differences in the political environment facing him in both Springfield and in Chicago. It's a great point about, you know, not just that there's no Madigan, there's no Daly, there's no Jim Thompson. And it wasn't just literally turning the clock to get themselves an extra 11th hour. It was on that literally deal. strong arming yeah, people. Right. When people think about, they hear the term buttonholing as grabbing somebody by the lapels and shouting in their face. If you've ever met Jim Thompson, he, he was a he was a giant man. Huge, That's why they yeah. called him Big, Big Jim Big Thompson. Jim, Big yeah. Jim, and he was grabbing people like this. This <laughs> was exactly what you would think of sharp elbow back room dealings. This wasn't metaphorical. That happened. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that that style of politics, you know, we we love to watch the old grainy movies with all the cigarette smoke kind of floating in the air and guys like, you know, meeting in back hallways and arguing about things like some of that stuff still happens. But like you said, there's not that level of intimidation. And frankly, nobody's really intimidated by Brandon Johnson. He doesn't have kind of the, you know, the caucus behind him that's like, hey, look at all this heft I have with the city council. He has to kind of fight and scramble for a lot of things. And I think J.B. Pritzker has, you know, a super majority in both houses of the Illinois uh, General Assembly. But at the same time, that's not generally how he operates. I think, again, I've mentioned it's just like the fiscal responsibility aspect of all of it. And that's been a very consistent theme of his. And even with uh, things like migrant funding in Chicago, he's been like very cognizant of how to raise funds for that without impact in the general fund. And I mean, we have a rainy day fund in Illinois now, like it's just a completely different thing where Pritzker is not using those types of like iron handed tactics. He's definitely more of the velvet gloves type, but he also has a very specific political agenda that he's trying to achieve. James, how is this in the bears pursuit connected and how is it not connected? Well, I mean, of course, for the White Sox, the issue is is going to be not building, just building a new stadium. You have to do all of the different things with that as well. There's parts of the project that will require rerouting metro lines. You'll have a new CTA stop in all likelihood for this type of project. All of that stuff is going to require City of Chicago funding to the tune of quite possibly $500 million in funding for different TIF districts and things like that. So you're going to have that component of it for the White Sox. You'll also then have the big complex around it to the hotels, the shops, everything else. Not only is that going to require a lot of money to get done, it's also going to require a lot of uh, sign-offs on different things like property tax waivers, funneling sales tax money to the White Sox. This is a big scale project. And so you not only have this issue where their lease is up a lot sooner than the Bears' is, but it's going to be a lot bigger of a project as for the Bears where they're looking right now to build a stadium, if they really want to build it in that South parking lot, their main factors are going to be not only coming up with that funding for the stadium, they also have all of the bonds that they still have to retire on the original soldier field renovation. And there's that group, the friends of the parks, they thwarted George Lucas. They're probably not going to be too jazzed about construction that close to the lake either. And so you get, you're going to have different obstacles I think the scale of the White Sox project is kind of what sets it apart. Whereas with the Bears, it's really the matter of fighting with friends with the, of the parks and getting that additional funding with all of that bond issue still left to be retired. What do you know about related Midwest? Uh, that they've been trying to develop the 78 for a really long time. And they obviously have some very 
rosy projections on what this is going to do for the area in the South Loop, right? I'm sure you guys have spoken about the glowing, oh, this is going to generate $4 billion in economic impact. And it sounds like a really big, uh, outrageous number until you realize how nebulous a concept, you know, economic impact is because you have all of these kind of assumptions baked into it. And I think that the big thing for them and the big thing for everybody to remember is that anything related Midwest says about the economic impact of this stadium not only kind of flies in the face of what we've seen from real world examples in other cities, but it's also all designed to get their project developed. And I think that's something a lot of people are going to have to keep in mind. Who is related Midwest? Like where what what's their history? What's their what what else have they owned and developed? That's a great question. This is a like I said, they're a group that's really been like trying to uh, develop real estate in quite a few places. They have a lot of different development projects, especially in New York. They have the Hudson Yards project in New York that they've kind of been in charge of. They've had similar developments in Boston and Los Angeles. I mean, this is a group that has a lot of hands in a lot of different places. And the 78 is a project that they've really kind of been looking to develop a very specific parcel of land in the South Loop. If you've ever driven past it, it's basically you know a stretch of nothing right now. Like It's just kind of this blank canvas. They've kind of sold it as an area that could potentially be a neighborhood, like a really neighborhood revitalizing type of project. And they've just been going at it a lot of different ways and haven't really come up with a solution. And then you have this, which is seemingly like this perfect marriage of a team looking for a new home. And they're also looking to build a new neighborhood. And so related Midwest is, you know, this is their gold mine to them. This is exactly what it is they've kind of been hoping for. And so they've had success with other projects. And now this one has kind of bedeviled them just getting that development underway. But this really does seem like kind of the ideal fit for what they ultimately want to do in Chicago. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. James, as someone who, who covers politics, writes about it, speaks about it, I, I would love to get your opinion on this. It's felt like this has gone at warp speed. Mm-hmm. Since since we heard that the White Sox and, and related Midwest are involved, it went from like an idea to oh the, wait a minute like Jerry's going down to Springfield to ask for this money. That I as a lifelong Chicagoan, that type of speed on something of this scale scares me. Is there anything that you've seen or heard that might allow me to be less anxious about this and the speed with which this has gone forward? I'm not qualified to alleviate anxiety, Lawrence. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> but what I what I will say is that I think a big part of the reason it's kind of a it's a threefold thing, right? First of all, it's Jerry Reinsdorf admitting in that Forbes interview that I'm sure a lot or that uh Crane's Chicago business interview that a lot I'm sure a lot of your listeners have read. He's 88 years old. He's not getting any younger. He knows that eventually there's going to come a time where there will be a decision on what to do with the future of the Chicago White Sox. You've got the lease expiring when it does in 2028. And so he wants to kind of get the ball rolling on this project. But I think the thing that kind of is getting overlooked maybe a little bit is how many other teams are currently looking for public financing for stadiums. You have the Royals who are trying to institute a new sales tax in Kansas City to get their new ballpark built. You've got the Arizona Diamondbacks who are potentially threatening to leave if they don't get $500 million to renovate Chase Field. You've got the Tampa Bay Rays who are trying to build a $1.3 billion stadium. So you not only have all of these teams kind of angling for public financing while also dangling the threat of potentially moving, you also have Major League Baseball saber-rattling about potentially adding yes. teams and pulling in $2.2 billion in estimated uh, expansion fees. I mean, these are not insignificant amounts of money. And so what I think Jerry Reinsdorf is trying to do is he's recognizing he doesn't want to be in line for these new projects, right? Like he doesn't want to be in a line of teams that are trying to get into Nashville. He wants to jump that line and to try to put potential pressure on the legislature and on the city council to get this done. And so when I see the speed with which this project is progressing, I think Jerry Reinsdorf is just recognizing that, hey, there's going to be a lot of other teams that are going to be kind of clamoring for this stuff. I need to make sure that we have a concrete plan in place and that we can jump ahead of some of these teams. Meanwhile, where is the Lincoln Yards project after everything we went through and and Tom Ricketts' involvement with the stadium and thinking there might be a soccer team or a Live Nation venue and then through a, a series of lawsuits and nothing's getting built? Like, what's the object lesson right in front of our eyes in Lincoln Park? I think the lesson is that if you try to use a uh, sports team as kind of a cornerstone for one of these developments, you pretty much want to make sure that you've got your ducks in the row before you start breaking ground on anything. I think the idea of having a USL soccer team is kind of the foundational linchpin of this was very important. You also, of course, had the COVID pandemic, which had a lot of impacts on a lot of developments. I mean, it's even still having an impact for the White Sox because their hotel bonds are not being retired as quickly because they're not collecting the tourism dollars that they thought they were going to collect because of the COVID pandemic. And so I think the two lessons there, again, this is a reason why you kind of have to strike while the iron's hot and make sure that you've got a really buttoned up plan for anything. 
but and you also have to kind of guard against some of that kind of you know unexpected type of things like a reversal in the economy caused by a pandemic or even just a straight up recession you brought up the idea of, of jerry reinsdorf jumping the line as far as nashville goes do you see any scenario where a jerry reinsdorf owned white Sox could find themselves in nashville I think that the hints that he dropped in the Cranes interview was that it wouldn't be him that would be doing it, right? Like, I think that ultimately the action would be to sell the team to another uh, owner, and that owner would then potentially move to a place like Nashville, a city that Jerry Reinsdorf has had conversations with. But Lawrence, I think one thing that we do have to kind of keep in mind specifically about the Nashville threat is that they just issued a bunch of new bonds for a new stadium for the Tennessee Titans, and they're leadership in that city has been kind of anti more bond issue for other things. And so you have to wonder if an owner buys the White Sox, if that ends up happening and they end up saying, oh, we want to target Nashville, is there going to be the appetite for the public money to make that project happen? And I cannot definitively say that, yes, it would. We saw what happened with Las Vegas in the Oakland days. You saw how the Raiders came into Las Vegas. They got a bunch of public subsidies for their stadium. They insist that it's all working out really well for the taxpayers of Las Vegas. And yet when the A's want to build a stadium on the Strip, it's kind of a non-starter, right? Like they're very anti this project and it's running into a lot of roadblocks. I think it, it, it goes without saying that the White Sox are going to need to figure out the stadium situation. I don't think Reinsdorf is necessarily wrong in saying that if they sell the White Sox without a new stadium, that they would be at risk of moving. But I also think that it's very clearly a leverage play. And if you look at the playbook to get public financing for anything, that's basically on page two, right after, hey, ask for the money in the first place. <laughs> We're talking with James Naveau here on the Bernstein and Holmes Show, the managing digital editor for NBC Chicago. I like to keep things simple, and I, I, I like to stay focused on what I things that I know to be true with all of these moving parts. And every time I have seen any, anything that purports to measure the size and scope of sports fandom, mm. it's always amazing to me how few Sox fans there are. Whether it's zip code maps or Facebook or any of these sort of blunt tools that are used, I know there's no way to actually get a survey on the size of a fandom that is perfect. But mm -hmm. are there enough White Sox fans are just in general? To justify like to just, I mean, I know they've been around and they have had success and there are some people who will come out. But as far as major league fandoms, are there enough people who care enough? I, I honestly question whether there are. Um, I think that that's something that I have to be very careful of. I am a uh, I post a Cubs podcast for NBC Sports Chicago. Mm -hmm. I always tread very carefully in the fandom question. But to your point, Dan, I definitely think that part of the allure of this project and what Jerry thinks would happen if they do get it is that it not only would attract White Sox fans, it would also draw more casual sports fans or just casual uh, residents in general looking to kind of spend their discretionary income. And At I think those that's prices? Where... You, you, you can't just wander by and, and get a $5 bleacher ticket. That's not... That's that's not how it works. It's not. It, I mean, in, maybe in the old days of the old knothole gang, mm -hmm. but I mean, people have well, people plan for weeks in advance or months in advance to take their families to these games. 
it, it never it's never stopped other teams from raising ticket prices. I mean, you see what the Cubs did. You see that the Blackhawks and the Bears have raised ticket prices despite not getting into the playoffs. I mean, that never is going to stop an owner. But I think that that also it raises great questions, Dan, about some of these things that we see about economic impact, right? Because it assumes that consumers are going to have these basically magical new dollars to spend rather than having a defined set of funds that they have to spend and deciding to spend it on a White Sox game over going to a bowling alley or going out to a nice dinner or whatever it is. And so I think that there has to be that desire to attract more casual fans. And that's where you kind of get the hotels, the shops, the restaurants, all of those things that would be around this South Loop development. And so I think to your original question, it's definitely worthy question of whether or not there are enough White Sox fans to sustain this. But I think ultimately the point is to draw in more casual fans and more tourists. And that's where the neighborhood kind of comes into it because they've seen what the Cubs have done and they want to try to replicate that in the South Loop. What do you believe is real when it comes to the Bears, Arlington Heights in the city? The fact that the Bears are sitting on a piece of property that they now have no idea what to do with. I mean, that's definitely thing number one. And I, I know the Bears could potentially parcel it out, but I assure you that property is valued for a football stadium. It is not it's not you know valued for business, for warehouses, whatever it would be if the Bears end up having to sell it. I get the sense that the Bears are still trying their best to try to determine whether or not they can move forward with that Arlington Heights project. I mean, they've said they would privately finance the stadium itself. It's all the kind of stuff around it, like the transit to get there, the roads, all of that, that they would want state or village help with. And I think that that's kind of been a, a consistent stumbling block. They haven't quite gotten the response that they thought they were going to get when they purchased that parcel of land. But then, like I said, when you go back to the Chicago site, I think the project that Lori Lightfoot had kind of proposed of just putting a roof over the existing soldier field, I got the sense that was kind of a last ditch Hail Mary. That was never something that I thought was, you know, really feasible. And I think that was why it was so quickly kind of discarded. I still think ultimately the most likely end for the Bears is going to be purchasing or building rather a stadium on that site on the South parking lot, wherever they want to position it. It's just going to be a matter of the political capital they're going to have to expend. And obviously the cost is going to be a very big part of it, especially with the bonds they still need to retire on Soldier Field. Neveau, this was great, man. We really appreciate your time and your breakdown of this. Terrific stuff as always. Continue doing great work and, and thanks for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for having me on. That is James Neveau. Want to talk some basketball? Sure, because I saw something last night that you've been talking about when it, as it pertains to this Bulls team. And again, I like to keep things simple, and some shots are worth more than others. Yep, especially when they're going in at 50%. Explain mm. it again with those nuggies. Well, we'll do that next here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 